you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast. Huh? Is this thing still going? Yeah, it is. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Colleen Wolf, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, people? Hey, 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 hey. That's safe. You're good. Cool. Seven or eight too many. How dare Matt Money Smith question the length of this show and whether it's still relevant when we gave him the start to his career now the voice of the chargers <laughs> unbelievable by i think him. it's fair to say he doesn't get voice of the chargers if he's not opening our shows for the past four years to say the least i think it's very fair a lot of attention yeah we have been on for a while though five seasons a little too long at this point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does it's one of those things like well what are you still doing this for because are you getting better? Are you are you getting worse? Wow. Are you even invested in the product? I'll throw it to you, Mark. Well, I mean, these are the questions that we're getting from our employer all the time. They seem to be <laughs> on the fact that, you know, somehow this is still rambling on this show and it's on their radar. They're concerned that maybe it should have been canceled two or three years ago, potentially. Is this the longest brothers. running podcast in history? I feel like most podcasts are like 18 months and then it's like, see you later. At this like company up or just in general? Ever. In the history of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. I think so. We should call yeah. Guinness. We should call it, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, Media Research, LA Media Research. They do a great job. We're going to get to them a little bit later. Uh, we have a nice show today. Nice show. A lot to get to. I'm excited. As we head towards week 11, uh, we'll, we'll start by capping week 10, the Monday Night Football uh, matchup between the Panthers and Dolphins that went sideways in a hurry. Then uh, a little later in the show, we will preview the Thursday night football matchup between the Steelers and Titans. That's a saucy one. Ooh, la la. A little bit of a referendum on the Titans potentially. I think so. Uh, on TNF, so that's a good one. And then we'll have a discussion. We're talking about primetime games right there. Uh, we'll have a, we'll chat a little bit about some of the issues we're getting this season with uh, competitive primetime games, specifically on Sunday and Monday nights. Any uh, ideas how to spruce things up? That's what we're here for. The league comes to us for ideas like this. We we don't just complain about the problems. We come with solutions. That's why we're NFL employees. Solutions that are listened to yep. and then change effectively happens very quickly after based on our ideas. Right. It's just like a giant suggestion box. Right. That's us. Like we work for the shield. We They actually give us a shield. If you ever see us in person, we have to lug around a 110 pound shield. <laughs> so heavy. With the logo. And Connie Fox, your forearms just yeah. ripped. You could tell yeah. that's from holding I had to put the shield. seats down in my car just to get it in there. It's She's like lot. Mark McGuire circa 1999. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's more than a little suspicious what's going on with Colleen's forearm. <laughs> that's it for Colleen forearm talk. <laughs> what? Let's, uh, let's start with some Monday Night Football chatter. Now with McCaffrey <laughs> motioning to the left all alone in the shotgun. Bounces on the balls of his feet. Throws a comeback route. Caught left side. Ten. Funches to the five. Funches scores. A star is born. A star is born. 
star is <laughs> right. born. Been playing well for a while, but I'll accept that. Mick Mixon, WBT with a call. I'm not sure who said a star was born, but a uh, star is born. Uh, Dev Funches, nice little player, though. So I get what he's saying. Are we on board with that? Had a, I thought had a kind of a breakout moment uh, earlier in the season, so I would say his star has been has been exploding Agreed. all year. Yeah, so it's already been birthed. Yeah, like I don't know if last night, adolescent you're, you're star. kind of pushing for the coming out party I scenario. I didn't last come out of that game of... thinking like that was the Devin Funches. No, it was like game. the eighth bullet point. <laughs> Definitely <again>. not. <laughs> anyway, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. We know who that guy is. He threw her 254 yards, four touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey scored twice. Devin Funches scored a couple times. And a 45-21 blowout for the Panthers over the Miami Dolphins. That is the third straight win uh, for Carolina. And um, we'll start with you, Mark, on this one. Uh, We just finished talking about, on Sunday's show, the big four in the NFC. But the Panthers kind of lurk, right, maybe beneath that group. Or maybe they're not even beneath that group because they are now 7-3 and and can look real good when they get warmed up. My issue with the Panthers over the last month plus was how boring they were to watch on offense. And I think that I owe them an apology, and I think others do too. Oh, how big we, of you? That's oh, I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> why. Because how wrong I was Finally. about hey, my analysis. Cam, can we get Cam Newton on the phone for this? Sure. Yeah, he'll, yeah. not Please. to him I don't. Take can, Mark back. Can we read uh, your tweet to him about him last night to him when he's on the phone? Go for it. Okay. okay. Were there, were Got this? that teed up? Were there some Clyde Storm it. tweets no. about Newton? Here's the so. thing. I mean, honestly, I got I, I got finished yesterday watching the Saints destroy the Bills with a ground game from another century. Oh, my God. And <laughs> then last night, the Panthers showed that they've completely chosen and successfully chosen a new identity on offense. They are they wore down the Dolphins, and, and already a team that was lesser than them. But by the second half, that ground game, which chalked up about 300 yards, the idea that when they traded Kelvin Benjamin, I laughed at them for saying, oh, it's going to open up our ground game. Yeah. And in fact, in, in the last two games, that's exactly what it's done. I don't know if it's exactly because of Kelvin Benjamin, but their offense and the way that they've unleashed Cam, Mike Shule, that offensive coordinator, who's now concocted about seven different types of Panthers attacks, deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, they were trying to focus more on speed and getting faster on offense and that's exactly what we saw last night I mean even with Cam Newton he's he's they're just letting him do what he does best and that's when the Panthers offense succeeds and Christian McCaffrey he has three touchdowns in his last two games but I think one of the other things with him he threw some key blocks in there that really kind of broke open the game on on the Funchess touchdown he had one on that long catch and run so I mean they're sort of clicking now which is scary because that defense is so good and I know that Mark, by the way, said go find the tweet because he did a rare Mark. <laughs> he challenged he, del- he deleted the tweet. He deleted the tweet. And then oh. he knows. Oh. I had duplicate tweets. They, were, they said basically the same thing. So they're, they're the one, the one well, with – What happened? He basically was – he wasn't <laughs> thrilled with the celebrations, which is, which is fine. It was a night for Cam. It was a night uh. – it was a night that – reminded you how exciting this team could be. And you you guys mentioned it. This isn't a one-week thing, and that's why I'm not just chalking up to that they were playing the Dolphins. Right. When they came out last week against the Falcons, they had a noticeably different approach. They said, forget this whole, like, let's try to run, like, a quote-unquote pro-style offense, and let's work on the short passes for Cam, and let's not expose Cam. Forget that. He is unlike anything the NFL has ever seen. He's a great runner. His threat of running opens up so much for McCaffrey, who had his best game last week, and Stewart, who had his best game this week. We've been at our best when that's then when that is our offense. Mm-hmm. So let's not so let's stop worrying about the future. Let's I, just let's try to win now. And they've run for 495 yards over the last two weeks. And I'll make a point that yes, Christian McCaffrey was uh, uh, drafted high uh, to be, I guess, a some type of complete running back. He's not that, but I also think that. Some of the criticism he's gotten has been a little unfair because I really do think he's a very valuable piece of this yeah. offense, and he's done a lot of things for them. Now we're starting to see it a little bit more in the box score. I think he's they're still figuring out how to use them, and with this embracing the offense that they really always should have had, I, I like the idea or see the McCaffrey p- potentially having an even more explosive mm-hmm. role going forward. And in that Saints-Bills game and in the game last night, it's when you get to the second half that the, both games were relatively close at halftime. Yeah. In that second half, that Dolphins defense is worn down. You saw the Saints on Sunday run the ball 24 straight times, and they did it well. It was incredible to watch. And the Panthers last night, another team from the same division, those teams are going to play each other in Week 13. Same mold. I mean, when you can run the ball that way and beat up a defense, you're going to go I deep into the season. The Giants, to use them as an example in San Francisco, they quit. Uh, at least some players did. 
I didn't get the sense either with the Bills or the Dolphins that there was quitting involved. They just got worn down that yeah. off, on offenses that were they have a great attack, they had a great game plan, and then running backs that they could use to attack them. And that's having Stewart, who entered the game, I think, with what? The lowest yards per carry after the league. Second to last. Yeah, like 2.9 or something. And and he looked like it was 2012 fine. again. It's the box, and it's Cam and, I guess, McCaffrey, but mostly Cam opening it up for the other players. But none of this works. I mean, their offense is going to be fine. They're hoping that their offense is average or a little better. It only works if you have a top five defense to go along with that. I mean, that was the recipe in 2013 when they went 12 and four. That was the recipe when they went to the Super Bowl. And that's the recipe now. All they need is their offense to be okay. And they need K1 Short. I mean, the special part of this team is K1 Short and Luke Keekley and Thomas. Yeah, Dick. that interception he had before the half kind of turned things around for them because it would have been 10 7. You go in 17 7. Yeah. Offense yeah. are dreadful, though. I mean, well, this, yeah. this ended a three week journey. One of, you know, three-week journey. I don't know if this has ever happened before where a team traveled across our primetime properties. They went Thursday <laughs> to Sunday oh my God. to Monday, and this was an odyssey, a story that no one should ever talk about again. Well, and it started with you and I covering a 40 to nothing loss to the Ravens, and it ended last night in equally this, disastrous fashion. They were the worst 4-2 and two team in the league. Now they're the worst four and five team. At some point, they'll probably be the worst six and 10 team. It's like, <laughs> just, uh, just, they might tough. come up a little bit later. Cause we got to do some housekeeping with the four committee. Um, so that was, what do they have? Football. I don't know. I mean, just what do they have? After we'll a year and a half, we'll talk yeah. about we'll talk it. About it. Adam so, Gase has got to be disappointed, you know? So, and yeah, 45, 21, uh, not great. Uh, uh, for Monday night football, Sunday night football. We've talked about it. Al, Chris and Michelle all season have been stuck with dogs, um, and I did uh, shoot our research team an email because it felt like we've been seeing more blowouts yeah. in these Sunday, m- Monday night games. Um, that's not quite the case. Uh, they got back to me. The average margin of victory uh, this year is 12.52. Um, last year, 12.73. 2014, 14.97. It's kind of hovered in that 11 to 13 range. Um, so maybe that's something that sometimes it gets on your radar a little bit. You're like, oh, none of these games. Or it's had a couple really bad. They had a terrible week or two weeks, I would say. Right, right. I mean, if you go through the schedule this year, there are a couple of good games here and there. But a lot of these games have been handily taken care of by one side. Um, How about a quick chat? Everybody likes a a quick chat. I love it. Sponsored by? Quick chat. Quick chat. Your favorite IM client. Yeah, America's. (laughs) Number one. Favorite app that not Best only kept secret. you chat with your friends and it does uh, different errands for you. Mm, how versatile. Quick chat. It's such, it's such a, greatly, a great secret and uh, held mm-hmm. close to the vest by so many people. It doesn't even exist. Nope. Great chat. Mm-hmm. Runs errands, doesn't exist. Venture great capitalist. Mark, we'll start with you. your money. <laughs> if you, all right, so how do we do this? So then if you go through the years, there are a lot of lopsided games in prime time. How about we throw out a couple suggestions and the league office will be plugged into this. How do you make these primetime games uh, more competitive? I'll give you two quick ideas and you can respond. Number one, I would say a totally open, before the season begins, you have an open slate post-Halloween for all primetime slots that you give the league two or three weeks notice that you start scheduling them three weeks ago for this week's games. So you can do as Greg wanted to get certain, the Saints in there and the Rams and other teams that we never expected to be good before the year. On Thursdays and Mondays too, you're saying. Well, there's a second part with Thursdays. Thursday night football is not going to officially go away. That's not how things happen. The league is going to keep adding more and more. But my concern and the way I feel sometimes as a fan is that there's an oversaturation point where it feels like I, I'd like the idea of football to be on every night if every night was a competitive game, but we're not getting that. And I remember growing up that late in the year you get those rare Saturday games and you get the occasional strange, Christian Anderson was talking about this, a, a back even in the 70s, you get the weird Thursday night game, and it was special. You remember those games. There was something about the NFL that the product rose up. So what I would do is I would turn Thursday night football into a special event that occurs once a month, or maybe it occurs over the course of a month, in the season, where Thursday Night Football is something that isn't suddenly in your lap quickly as the yeah. week. It comes so quickly every week. The teams have issues, the players, and you treat it more like the way you treat London. It's something special, but it's in the States, and it occurs at an important point of the year, and you can schedule it. 
mid-season to find out which of these teams we want to make TNF the best product we can. I love the novelty of that because for me, I'm flying back from the East Coast on Sunday, so I always end up missing a good chunk of games live. You want to change the entire I, national schedule I, based for, on for your me. Fine yes, okay. for me, yeah, just around my out. flight schedule because the only games that I really, really get to like sit and absorb and really enjoy are the primetime games. Otherwise, I'm kind of just watching Right, in real pass. time. Right, yeah. So to have them be total stinkers is such a bummer. Well, Greg, you're kind of our logistical expert yeah. in this realm. So you are good at like telling Greg us quickly agrees. why Mark's, <laughs> right. why Mark's idea can never work. Well, I, my ideas weren't too similar. And I guess we'll talk about we can talk about that. My one was to reduce Thursday night football as well to start. So I, I don't know if you're going to do once a month. And granted, they've had, they have contracts signed for a few years, so this would be the next time around. Maybe you go back to the old way where they really started it, I believe, around Halloween and on or close to Thanksgiving and on. I don't think there'll ever be a day where you can flex Thursday or Monday night games in any capacity. I just don't because of logistics, because mm-hmm. of scheduling and fans and t- and and. Just everything. I just don't think those two nights are ever going to be open. But my other idea, other than reducing Thursday night down, because I think when you take out six or seven Thursday night games, those are 12 games of the borderline teams. Now, you're not going to predict the teams right ahead of time, but that gets rid of some of those Dolphin primetime games. It's like you're still going to be loaded up on the Steelers and the Patriots, and hopefully you can guess right for the most part because sometimes you're just going to get in a tough spot where a team surprises you. But those take away those borderline teams. That's one. I think with the flex, that was my second idea, is make the flex more flexible. Right. You can't, Ah. you know, the weeks five to ten, people don't even know this. You can only even use the flex twice. I don't understand that. Like, I think just start being able to flex starting week five. And to your point, maybe don't write, don't even write in the Sunday night game starting week five on. Because then it becomes this weird thing where you don't want to change it unless, you know, there's a Mm -hmm. better ratings game out there. Just leave week five open and it becomes a thing every Monday morning, 12 or Tuesday morning, 12 days ahead that you're, you're kind of looking forward to yeah. finding out what's the Sunday night. Yeah, football. Start I love that, that in week five. It, that seems doable. Yeah. And it tells teams earn it. You want it. You want to get on Sunday night football and you want to, you right. want to have the best games by week six, week seven, be one of those teams we want to see. Now, don't be the, don't be, it's not, it's also not, it's Miami's fault that they're not a great team, but the, it's not fun to be a fan of the Dolphins. I remember in 2007 when the Browns went, had a weird 10 and six year, and the NFL went nuts and put them on primetime, I think five or six times, and then they proceeded to be a dumpster fire. And as a fan, you don't want to watch your team Dolphins fans are not enjoying watching their team lose 40 to nothing and then get hammered last night. Twitter's on fire. Everyone calling the team a disgrace. It's not a good experience for the Dolphins fans either. I would say two quick things, and I, I, I like that flex more flexible. It even has a nice ring to it. Maybe a new hashtag <laughs> make is coming a campaign. out. Another campaign. Um, two things I would say. Sometimes it does feel like the um, schedule makers put too many eggs in the NFC East basket. And then what happens if the NFC East is having a down year or certain teams that are always out there? The Broncos are another example. And I get it. It's, a, it's, a, it's not there's no simple answer to any of this stuff because there's market share and and historically how ratings do. And that and drives just a lot surprise of teams. Look at the top of the yeah. NFC this year. Those four teams were not really expected right. to be mm-hmm. the team. But when you go through a season like <clears throat> it feels like <clears throat> there's an NFC East team every week playing. It just feels that way. They get the ratings and, and they get the ratings. I get that. Um, so I would say that the other the other thing the other point I would have mm. I'm trying to remember it have uh, base, I thought, this, have I baseball was, teams have uh, baseball teams play against football teams I thought it was so poignant oh God, that it was really, really studying oh, no. up like wow this is coming from the heart it's just like when there's a really good matchup and it's in like the one o'clock window <laughs> and then you have a stinker later on it's it just sucks and so and a lot of it we know is is bad I'm luck still thinking it, by the way I can't yeah not. we're trying to we're spitballing yeah, for you thank to you we're stretching going. Right I will keep going right. stretch, I will stretch. point I will point out we've had it's been a rough primetime slate in terms of just the excitement before the games of the matchups you know what I mean yeah this week we happen to like we're saying this conversation in a week where Three of the better games I feel like that we've had in a while are all in primetime. Titans-Steelers Thursday yeah. night. Eagles-Cowboys Sunday night, which I wish Zeke Elliott was there, but that's still a big-time exciting game. And Falcons-Seahawks 
Monday night, which I'm personally excited about. Kind of the two mm-hmm. teams that were there last year in the NFC. Mm. Like, those are three good primetime games. So they lucked yeah, out. Some of it's just luck. Well, and last year, you remember early in the year, there was so much critique over the Bears, for instance, being in primetime oh twice God, when they were right. a mess. And it, it but the, the, the NFL, we actually talked to people and they said, you got to wait. By the end of the year, the schedule will round into shape. And it, and it does seem to do that every year. It's the beginning of the season sometimes where things are a big mess. Um, the other one I thought of, it's not. It's not poignant at all, but it's another one of those things that's more a feel than I don't know if it backs it up. But certain games, last night is a perfect example. The Panthers, even before the season started, it it felt like probably a tough ask for Miami to go to Carolina. Maybe sometimes the team that you kind of have an idea could be the underdog going into the game. Have them host the game because sometimes mm. it feels like these teams are going into a buzzsaw against uh, a perennial league. Don't ship uh, the Jets favorite. to Foxborough five years in a row on prime timers. Right. Have, right. Have the, uh, it's probably gonna the be a going to be a better game if the Jets come to yeah. uh, or Make the it a better Patriots product. come to yeah. the Netherlands. Anyway. I, I think the Dolphins are headed to Fox. Oh, no. The Patriots are headed to Miami. So that proves your point. On uh, that's Monday better. Night football. Well, it also proves our point that they're on for a fourth time. So, but that's they okay. were a playoff team last year. I don't mind watching the Patriots in prime time because they're well, the Dolphins. Theater. I'm saying the Dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins, the Dolphins were a playoff so team last year, and if you're if, yeah. if it's inflexible, you're going to keep hitting this because there'll be a, two playoff teams this year that stink next year, and you're going to get stuck with the same thing. All right, good talk, guys. And I this this is being this was actually streamed live. Lindsey Fulton hooked it up straight to Rog's office. Mm. Good, and, <laughs> and he was furiously scribbling notes. So I think. We have Get a direct ready. line. Four Get letters ready. of termination furiously being scribbled right now. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move on and do some news. Well, actually, no. Let's do an ad read. Ooh. I like that sounds better. Reads. That sounds more fun, doesn't it? Oh, my God. I want to tell you about a great new podcast called Outside the Box. Whoa. What? Ads Wait, or other podcasts? Really? Lindsay, what is this? Again, I don't make the copy. I don't control the ad. What is this? I mean, the strategy Outside just the seems box? questionable. It's literally just the message. I mean, it's is this a Rosenthal Jeselnik podcast? It's pretty. It it's pretty be. standard, I think. On, Tiny like, box okay. does not approve. It would be strange if television shows weren't allowed to advertise other television shows. ESPN's new pro football podcast starting tonight. Outside the tiny box. No, if you're a maker, <laughs> an innovator, or even just a consumer who wants to peek behind the curtain of some of the world's greatest organizations, you'll love it. The latest episode, like, does the tiny or does outside the box do an ad for us? Is it one of those things? They a home might. and home? They might. I'm going to guess mm. not at all. Maybe if you listen to more podcasts, you would. Yeah. Know. <laughs> but th- this is a regular occurrence. Sick I, listen, <laughs> I listen to every outside the box. The latest episode, which is available right now, features former NFL commissioner Paul Tagliabue. Tagliabue. Mm. So you listen to the episode as uh, yeah, well? Yeah, I have Big get. Big get. I subscribe. Talking about the massive innovations both on the on and off the field, that helped football become America's most popular sport. He also talks about how the opportunities and challenges the league has faced are similar to those faced by businesses hmm. of all types. Hmm. Listen uh, to listen along on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever, or wherever you get your podcasts outside the box. Not to be confused with outside the tiny box, Yeah, which is... Colleen's sub pod. It's like a documentary on her life. New podcast coming out soon. What's going on with the Heat and Light podcast? It seems like it's been a little. It's uh well, Connor left the company. The lights were switched um, off. It feels like <laughs> they weren't switched off. I, I would say it's in general more of an off. The city turned off show. the heat and the lights. <laughs> yes, they podcast. did. No, it's uh what we'd like to do is keep people on their toes and have an episode pop up when we feel like it. And at this point. People probably think, oh, it's been canceled because there's not been an episode in three months. You really lull them to sleep. And then an episode pops up in like mid-June and they have no idea what's happening. It'll be a pleasant surprise. When mm-hmm. it yeah. Well, and Greg will continue to not listen to it. <laughs> listen. <laughs> and I mean, while we're here, the throwback podcast, we have comedian Nikki mm-hmm. Glazer on this week. And we'll go through all the number one hits of 2001. Fun all right. Show I like listen that. To. Let's do some news. This is a film about Mexico, just a couple bros, just exploring Tehatihuacan, so who knows, gonna have some fun, gonna see a good tiger, I'm gonna make him out to be a big ass liar, he's going to Mexico. Hmm. That was, we should say who that was. In your face. That was Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola in some sort of promotion for this Sunday's Raiders game, where I guess they went to they went to Mexico. Mexico. 
And so, that that was basically the dream assignment mm-hmm. of our old producer Luce Cannon, who's still helping us on the pick 'em. I mean, imagine if she was on that shoot. I don't watch think out, Danny. Yeah, I don't think she'd come back. That's what I'm saying. She is quite a thing for Danny Amendola, who appears. You know, that, that's two privileged right whites, you know, two privileged Caucasians traveling across the border to express themselves. <laughs> that's that's exciting. Dan, I know you're you're not a Patriots fan. Were you? What are you feeling about what you just saw? <laughs> Way to pivot there, Mark. Um, <laughs> I never went to. I never did the cross the border trip. I wish, kind of wish that I did with my buddies. But any border, I, I crossed some borders. Okay, you you famously not into leaving the homeland. I love it here. I love this country, even with all the struggles we face. It's the best damn country in America. I would like to hear the song that you guys would sing if you <laughs> best, went to Mexico. Best damn country in America. That's the only thing I know. All right, let's do some news. <laughs> let's get on track. Jesus, uh, Sean Lee. Oh my goodness, the Cowboys are. Dealing with some stuff right now. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened without Tyron Smith, without Zeke Elliott uh, on Sunday against the Falcons. And now NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported uh, that Lee, the team's star linebacker, unlikely to play in week 11 due to a, a hamstring injury that forced them out of the loss to the Falcons. And this is where some bad luck comes in with the schedule. The Cowboys have three games over the next 11 days. So with the, the nature of this injury, it's possible that they lose their most important defensive player, Colleen, for three games. The team's playing on Thanksgiving uh, against the Chargers. Um, They're playing the Eagles, and then, too. And, then two and they got Thursday. the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, so the, uh, bad timing. No Sean Lee. No Zeke Elliott. We don't know if Tyron Smith will be back for their next game. A lot of adversity all of a sudden. Yeah, and they're they're five and four, and we saw how it played out without Tyron Smith in there. I mean, Adrian Claiborne had a crazy day. So the fact that when this offensive line was already sort of having some issues running the ball and run blocking, and now they can't really pass protect either, it's it's not good for the Eagles, or, or it's great for the Eagles. It's just not good for the Cowboys right now because that defense, when Sean Lee is in there, it plays so different. The fact that they had David Irving back and Sean Lee back, they were really, really good, and this is when they need those guys. It's when they need the defense without Zeke there. Yeah, our pal Damashek talks about Jenga pieces on teams. Yeah. How about take three off the Cowboys and see how right. the rest of the season goes? I think you. it's pretty easy to argue Tyron Smith is more valuable to that team than Zeke Elliott. I mean, Tyron Smith going to the Hall of Fame most likely as, as a left tackle and the, just the drop-off at that position is massive because if Smith is in, you can block well enough for whoever the running back mm-hmm. is. And you could even argue Sean Lee is just as important to the defense as Zeke is to the offense. Now it's time to manage the schedule. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat the the Eagles. This is a team that we've picked on over the years, the Cowboys, for being thin, for not having for having a lot of star power up top but not a good you know, backside of the roster. We'll find out. But you got to win two out of those three. You got to beat the Chargers and the Redskins. Maybe you lose to the Eagle. You get out of that seven and five, and you're in okay shape. You're in okay shape. Yeah. That Eagles game is tough. They're, I mean, it's the schedule. It's too bad. It would have been well, that's such a great game. Opponents. And whenever this Zeke thing hit, it would have been a rough patch. But I mean, it, you could see them being out of the playoff picture realistically by Thanksgiving night if they lose those. That's what I'm games. saying. Yes, if they ever to drop those. I mean, I I love the Jenga theory from Shaq, and the reason I love it is because. If you know the game, if you take three key pieces from oh. your Jenga tower, what happens? It crumbles. Falls to the ground. And in Any a, child knows a that. A very highly competitive NFC. The three most valuable players they can't lose on the team two, other than Dak Prescott. They yeah. can't lose three games in a row. They, I mean, no. it's just not – they need to figure out a way to, to get by. I don't they can't they go can. one and two. There's two. The NFC is too top-heavy. They can't go one and two. I, I think – I think for, they're in deep trouble now. Tyron, yeah. First of all, I'm hopeful – I'm sure Cowboys fans are the Tyron Smith returns. I think they, they are hopeful of that. I think they could beat a Redskins or a Chargers team. Doesn't mean yes. it's a lock, but I think they can. All right, let's move on. Uh, talk about the uh, who are in a bad, <laughs> bad place right now. Uh, they got blown out at home uh, two weeks ago. Who blew them out two weeks ago or last? The Rams. Week? The Rams. Mm-hmm. Then they go on the road and they get blown out by the previously winless 49ers. Um, and yeah, it looked like some of those players. Cough, cough, Janoris Jenkins, cough, cough, quit yeah. on their head coach and on their teammates. And it's just a bad look all around for the Giants who are one and eight. Uh, there was a report that floated out there from pro football talk that um, McAdoo, Ben McAdoo, the coach, could be fired as soon as this week after the performance against the 49ers. But uh, less than 24 hours after that loss, 
The team's owners said they'll wait until the end of the year before determining if they'll make changes. Here is the statement from the Giants. Ben McAdoo is our head coach and has our support. We are in the midst of an extremely disappointing uh, season. This is coming from John Mara and Steve Tisch, of course. Our performance this year, particularly the past two weeks, is inexcusable and frustrating. While we appreciate that our fans are unhappy with what has occurred, nobody is more upset than we are. He went on to add that uh, the plan is to do what they always do, and they don't. The Giants don't do things like fire a coach in the middle of the season. There's usually not a lot of like fireworks around them like that. But it's very clear after you read the statement, Ben's gone. Mm. He's gone. Yeah, they're not a reactionary bunch. Unless uh, they won five straight games, so it should be insane. No, but seven games. The, I, it's just like they're saying That's that. Not it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying. The, but you can say that about anybody. This Giants are not winning five straight games. It's amazing like that this was a team that was so touted in the offseason, and now this is where they are. And you you see all these reports that like you know the players, they've clearly given up on – on McAdoo and the team, but I mean, McAdoo's still saying like things like their plays were capable of making and the desire to finish just wasn't consistent. The, they no, quit. Someone made the point last night. I think it was our, your producer, a uh, fine man, Jason Hartilius, ah. that the difference between Adam Gase and McAdoo is like Adam Gase, when he spe- he recognizes there's a problem. McAdoo pretends that nothing wrong is happening. That just like, oh, everything's, yeah, that doesn't work. everything's fine yeah. here when when it's the worst season in 30 years for the franchise. Yeah, that there's, doesn't there's work. A, there's Not- a huge disconnect between McAdoo and the press. And in New York, especially, that's when the, the chips start to crumble. And that's, yeah, that's why I, I thought he was in de- danger even before these two weeks. Sometimes the you were fan- dead. You were ahead of this on ahead of some people on this. Stage. Yeah, sometimes the fan base. And the newspapers, the tabloids specifically, start to smell blood in the water. And then these these things snowball. So he was already, I thought, in a lot of trouble. And then these last two weeks basically did him in because now there's a mutiny afoot. <laughs> At least that's how it's viewed from the outside. And that, they that, suspended two of their best players for different teams. Right. And those are the players that are getting questions. It's unusual. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the ownership felt the need to make this statement that's not even very giant-like, but it just tells you how bad things have gotten. This is, uh, like we talked about a little bit on Sunday, this is, you have to go back maybe 40 years to find the last time the Giants were this in this much danger. Can I say Bob, one? Go ahead. I was going to say Bob Glauber, who does a great job at Newsday. Bob, You know, the, uh, the lead to his column after this statement is it is impossible to overstate the significance of where the Giants are out right now, saying it's really a crossroads in the club's history that he goes back... 39 years in terms of when they when they last bottomed out, when they last truly cleaned house. Because if you look at it, even Reese was the last hire of of George Young, their old general manager. So it's been a succession plan where Young chose Ernie Accorsi. Right. He had hired Reese, who had chosen Reese. And it's like this goes back decades and decades where they've had continuity and now might be the time where that all kind of ends. They're top three in terms of continuity, if not if not one or two. But I, I I am sensing a little bit this week, and it is annoying me. This oh the, oh the Giants fans have really had to endure a tough season. <laughs> this is, wait, now I, you're spinning this to the Giants. No, I, I am a little annoyed because <laughs> this is wait, on Mark's radar. No, I just, love your to state what you just said, they have to go back to the '70s for the last time that there was disorganization and upheaval. That's four decades ago. You've been to five Super Bowls. You've won four of them. Settled down. Giants fans, you're allowed to enjoy one season of discontent. Please, please settle down. What's the tweet? It, at 1.32 a.m., Mark, Mark, what's going on? Mark uh, tweeted out, the outpouring of concern and attention for Giants fans living through a down season after four Super Bowl wins since 1986 is precious. Oh, It's just... Cutting. Just enough. I mean, that's... A, that's Enough. You grew up on the East Coast. Yeah. You, you get it. Um, Greg will point out, and that's true, too. They they had an 11-5 and five season last season. But this will be their, I, I believe, their either third or fourth uh, double-digit loss season in five years. Um, so they've kind of been scuffling a little bit since that second Super Bowl's Patriots loss. Yeah. And now they, they could be heading into a dark, dark... I think if you win a Super Bowl, period. you need to be quiet for five years. And one more thing, <laughs> I, love and that I do, rule. and I wrote about this um, in my gift piece on Monday that, um, you know, with all this turnover that's going to happen and the, the, the idea that they might be starting over a quarterback uh, and all that, like, let's see how these Odell Beckham Jr. extension talks play out. Mm. 
That's like, a good point. They, they we'll have see. players. That's the thing. They have Landon. I love the combination of Shepard, Beckham, and Evan Ingram, who I think is incredible. Like, there's there's something to work with here. I don't think this but is a massive rebuild. Just like the Patriots in a, in a couple of years, I hope. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Now the Giants are facing the same issue that the Jets and the Browns and so many other bad teams face. Got to identify a quarterback, and if yeah. you don't hit on that, you're in the darkness forever. What was the in your uh, in your GIF GIF piece? There was yes. a third uh, pronunciation that you offered the reader. Oh, GIF. Okay. Because there are is that multiple... what you use? <laughs> I like commonly? that best. Well, since society for some reason has decided not to like come down hard on whether it's GIF or GIF, why can't I throw something else in the ring? What is it again? GIF. I love that. Mm. It's 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 catchy. Uh, inter- Thank you. <laughs> Interesting news, Connie Fox out of Minnesota. Ah. Uh, Coach Mike Zimmer. Uh, is it possible? Is it really possible that Mike Zimmer could bench a quarterback coming off a four touchdown performance? Uh, he said that uh, he knows who's going to be under center against the Rams in week 11 in a huge game. But he won't announce whether it's Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater, who just came made his big comeback. Uh, from that uh, terrible knee injury. Mm-hmm. He won't make the announcement till tomorrow, Wednesday. Here's the quote from Zimmer. I haven't sat down to talk to anybody yet, so I'm going to wait until Wednesday. Connie, is it really possible Case Keenum gets benched? Because as much as we all love the Teddy Bridgewater story, and we'd love to see further chapters added mm-hmm. to that fairy tale story, uh, Case Keenum doesn't deserve to be benched, right? I... I guess there's a chance, but I don't think it's going to happen. I would be kind of shocked if they did that, just considering Case Keenum right now is playing great. Like he is, he's not a great quarterback, but he's on fire right now. And he has the whole team kind of rallying around him. It just works. So why would you bench him if they're winning these games? You got to just wait until something happens. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from Teddy Bridgewater right now with this whole layoff, even if he is getting high speed reps. You're, You're seeing him in practice. And I don't know if it's the right decision. When this first came up, usually that means that the coach is going to make a change. Like, cause they don't say anything. I, why do you need to talk to the team about right. keeping Case Keenum? Since that's happened, I it sounds like that my radar was definitely wrong on that, that they are going to stay with Case Keenum. I expect that to be the announcement. I was just excited that they had the conviction at that moment to make what was an unpopular choice because of something they believed in, which is, you know, the easy thing is to keep Case Keenum playing. He threw two of the worst interceptions that you've ever seen that brought the Redskins back in that game. There, He has a great offensive line playing for him right now. He's got two great wide receivers. I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe they see Teddy Bridgewater as a higher ceiling and that's going for it. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. So I was just excited, and it probably is the right move to keep Case going for now. I just don't think. But I think he's going to play. Here's the thing: he's going to play this season. There's no way they get. To, they're going to give him a chance at some point. I just, Why do we assume that? I, I well, really assume they want to see him, not just because of the contract, but because they ultimately believe he's a better player than than Case Keenum. I think you nailed it. There's future questions around Teddy Bridgewater. You don't want to let him escape if without taking. You're a trying look. to win a Super Bowl. Well, uh, but here's the thing: I think with Case Keenum, right? And I think been, that's that's why they would do it. Yeah, he's been all you could ask. I think just there's naturally going to be a time. Teddy Bridgewater lost his job by injury, which is, you know, bad code for a quarterback. Case Keenum now shouldn't lose it after taking them as far as he had either. They're in a tough position, but it kind of reminds me in a totally different way of when the Patriots won their first Super Bowl. And it was all the whole narrative was, oh, poor Drew Bledsoe. It's not fair how he's been benched. But yet we were excited about this young guy, Tom Brady. And then in the AFC Championship, Bledsoe had to come in and he delivered this heroic, amazing win to get the Patriots into the Super Bowl. Everyone kind of got their cred. And I think that we're going to see Bridgewater in a natural way. I I don't think you just see this week with Brock and Peyton. I mean, that was obviously a little right. bit of He's a different scenario, but yeah, like anyway. I can see it playing out that Teddy will at some point come in and, in relief for Case if Case is kind of struggling a little bit, and then at that point, the next week he would be the starter. But I think they got to wait until that happens. I guess my point is, I I can totally see Case Keenum. Uh, regressing a little bit at some point. He's playing maybe above his head a little bit right now. And if that happens, then you have a neat window. But I'm saying if he keeps playing well, I don't think you bench Case Keenum just because you, you want to get a look at Teddy Bridgewater no. uh, for a big-picture perspective it, about what you want to do with him. You do it because I think you're you're in this to make the Super Bowl. And, and that, if they made the decision, that alone would kind of make me give it some credit and give him some conviction. You're not To me, like... 
keeping Case Keenum in, in is kind of running the ball on third and eight late in the game. It's like the safe thing to do. This has been but it works. what is maybe the best Ooh, coaching job in that. the year. Like, like we're saying that, that we have better information than them. I think Pat Shermer has done a better job with that offense than maybe any offensive coordinator in the league other than Sean McVay. So if they really – he's doing a great – it's very creative. They're getting guys open. The players around Case have been really good too. And if they believed in Teddy that much – I don't know. That would that seems exciting. No, he's also just worth noting. He had a type of knee injury yeah. that affects players. Dante Culpepper had a similar injury. It was never the same. He also hasn't thrown a football in a, in a real game. What in like almost two years? So you are there's some risks that come it's a with totally unusual. A, You're a certainly taking risks, but I wonder if it was like running through their head last week on one of those Case Keenum fly ball uh, <laughs> deep shots, which Adam Thielen <laughs> came down with. But while that's in the air, is Pat Shermer thinking, hmm, I got one of the better deep ball throwers that, uh, you know, were drafted that year. He's looking good in practice. I just wonder if that's going to happen. At some I think point. it will work itself. It's going to happen. Ultimately. Uh, finally, <clears throat> Martellus Bennett. We didn't really touch on this on Sunday, so we should just hit on it real quickly now. Shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans on everything involving, uh, and you you would think, oh, Dan's going to start ripping on the Patriots. I'm not going to rip on the Patriots. I don't think they did anything other than just claim Bennett. But something is weird about this story that Bennett gets released with the Packers, and they're trying to reclaim money about a shoulder injury uh, that I I don't know the specifics, but he was calling out the team doctors, decided he, he needed surgery, gets claimed by the, the Patriots, even though he said he didn't want anybody to claim him, and I guess he was making that clear, and then is playing three days later and making some plays in the win over the Broncos on Sunday night. The whole thing is strange to me, and I'm wondering if there's any protocol broken by anyone along the line because something doesn't it doesn't pass the smell Well, didn't test he? He me. also contacted every team and said, don't pick me up off waivers or pick me up at all. I'm done. He told his agent to say that. I don't know how that all played out. Is that what really happened? Though? But the the I'm Patriots just, it makes it even weirder. The Patriots yeah. essentially called that bluff and said to the agent, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna claim him." What yeah. if there was all right? Well, what know. if the Jets claimed him? What, so if, what, what if Martellus Bennett's agent, you know, had a phone call with the Pats and said, "Hey, we're gonna get out of this contract." Come get us when we're when we uh, hit the open market. I, well, I'd play I play. It was the, injury with it was the Packers' choice to cut him, and it sounds like maybe they were going to go after his money that they weren't. It's hard to say. The, the I kind of get the idea that if you're going to play through a torn rate rotator cuff, that that's up to the player. I don't have a huge problem with him deciding. Okay, I would play for the Patriots through a torn rotator cuff, maybe no, in the fine. final, and not right. for the Packers. The problem was all the social media messages where he's going after the Packers, and those two stories don't add up. Like, because you're he mad, has, he you're, just can't do it any other way. That why can't you just why can't you just why not go, say go silent exactly right. and allow exhausting. it to happen in a different way? Yeah, I mean, Bennett he said brothers. that the Packers doctor was trying to pressure him into <clears throat> into playing with the injury, and then he played. So and he said that he couldn't say no to Belichick. And I think it was telling – it's worth noting that a ton of Packers players came out in support yep. of yeah. the doctor and against Martellus Bennett, current players, which you just don't see too often. Um, and here's a quote from Marty Bennett. After trying to get the shoulder fixed and getting waved, you've got that vengeance in your heart like, all right, that's how you're going to do it? Blanket. Let's go ball. Yeah, you don't get to declare vengeance on this one, Marty Bennett. That was from the Boston Herald, by the way. No, Marty, we no. You don't. No declaring vengeance. Don't spin this into something that it is absolutely enough of not, that. Yeah, enough of you, Marty. All right, that's what's happening in the news. It is time now. Uh, oh yeah, shoulders of greatness, presented by Head and Shoulders. Listen, how does shoulders and greatness? How does that advertising campaign tie into Thursday Night Football? Mark, take it away. I will. Uh, am I supposed to no, be discussing shampoo? Aww. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't have a lot of shampoo hot takes there. Do have it in my bathroom. <laughs> I use it occasionally. Anyway, uh, here is the matchup. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mark, against the Tennessee Tight Tunes. A very good AFC. Uh, hell, could be a playoff preview. Uh, I could know be. you, Mark. I know what you've been saying on this podcast. You have been less than excited by Tennessee the football being played there despite their good record. So this feels like a major put-up-or-shut-up game for them. They're on a four-game win streak, and those wins are against the Colts, Browns, Ravens, and Bengals. Four teams I do not respect this season for the most part. And I think the four-game win streak is a tad fraudulent. That said, you took care of business. It is a good matchup. I think if you're the Tennessee Titans, it's the same thing we seem to say every game about them. 
Go prove it. You've done it over the last prove four weeks. Prove it. Can't ask to do more. But I mean, they, you're calling them the Titans because <laughs> they're six and three. No, but I'd say if they, if they, I want to see them a play Pittsburgh close. I'm trying to do this while Dan is showing his face. Your face is gonna freeze like that. Hey, <laughs> you believe in us? You don't believe? <laughs> well, prove it. Tell me one thing about the Titans. <laughs> is that your like, impression of your inner id? Like this is the, wor- <laughs> this is the worst is. part of Dan Handis that he's. Well, that's Damashek's. Imp- you're doing Damashek's yeah. impression of you. Yeah, throw well, in some pizza uh, references. Yeah, and stuff. for sure. So that this is their prove it game. You're saying. I mean, if you want to be talked about as a playoff team and it's a playoff preview, then a playoff team would go into Pittsburgh and they would they would make this a game that goes all the way to the end and it's fascinating because Pittsburgh's not unbeatable. If this is some Pittsburgh romp, the Titans to me are just another team cascading on a river to nowhere. Oh. Wow. It's amazing how much and <laughs> It's somewhat to their credit how high the expectations are. Still like are. processing a river to nowhere yeah. in my brain. <laughs> well, there's always two or three playoff somewhere? teams like that. They're just, it's, yeah, we get it. You're going to play a playoff game and none of us believe in you. Don't be that team, Tennessee. Well, we liked them a lot last year. No, yeah. I like it. I'm just, yeah. it's so big. The, it's such a big image that I'm struggling to. You painted it beautifully. It. Oh, well, it well done by you. Well, you were getting over your. I tried to prove it to you that I could come up with something for you to. Because <laughs> a river chew on. feeds into what? An ocean, right? Sure. Is that how these things work? Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's water, yeah. Some major body of water. <laughs> Go on. Go on about what? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you were going to say. <laughs> uh, they have the Titans' defense is the thing I'm watching in this game because they've faded, faced a terrible stretch of offenses. When you said those four names, like what really stuck out is like none of those teams can move the ball mm-hmm. at all. And so this is a Titans' defense we had a lot of questions about. They look a little better statistically now <laughs> after facing that. Now you got to face a Steelers team, which on paper should have a good offense. And yet when you watch them, that Colts game was a microcosm of their season where there were so many open plays that they had that either Roethlisberger missed or Antonio Brown dropped one or the timing was off with one of the young receivers. It's like these plays are there for the team and they're and they're not making them. And Joe Hayden, he's going to be out for this game. I don't know out if... Out for a uh, while, right? Out for yeah. possibly yeah. this season. They thought so it, could def- be, it could be as little as three weeks, though. Well, it's non-surgery, so yeah. yeah. Right. Mike Mitchell, uh, I mean, he's banged up, so you're looking at some got- key guys, really, for that defense. It's been really improving. Mariota was running last week, and I think that totally changes the Titans almost as much as Cam Newton running changes the Carolina Panthers. Derrick Henry was getting into the mix a little bit more. They held the ball for a while. I think you could feel good about that. There's a little bit of a revenge game factor here with uh, Dick LeBeau going up to Pittsburgh. Wow. Watch out. Oh, wow. Get some revenge. Dick's too old to get like worked up. And we've, we've been hard on this Titans team. If I was a Titans fan out there, I kind of would. my response would be, Hey, we hey guys, we won five games combined between 2014 and 2015. We were worse than the Cleveland Browns. We were the worst team in the league. Give us a little bit of something. Here's the thing: I think it's because- you know they have come a long way, and if they can get to ten wins or something, it's like they have made some serious. Well, you say we've been hard on them, but we were we praised them. Yeah. We overpraised them last season, yes. and they didn't fulfill it. They, they they disappointed us, and they but they had an identity, and especially when Mariota's running, they've they have been an identity. Lucky. The line has not been the same. This year, and I, f- I watch that offense. And I say, What are you about? The line's going to be about? a problem on, uh, on Thursday. The line has not been good, and they don't make sense if they don't have it. If, if, you, if what you're saying is that we should be giving that this franchise credit for not being one of the worst teams in the league anymore, okay, here's a lollipop, take it. But we're being told that the Titans should be viewed as like a real AFC by contender who? by you. Specifically, you've been pumping up the Titans for two years. Uh, if you want to, if you want direct people involved, you. I did last others. year a lot. Oh. I did last year. I did as well last year. Anyway, are, do you think the Titans are good or not? I think they're okay. I think they can get better. Like I have, I don't think they've been good this year. My, I guess my point is like they have climbed out of that darkness. And they've done it in a pretty steady win-loss fashion. They went from two to three to seven or eight to now they're fighting for the playoffs. It's like. They, if if I was a fan of their team, I'm still pretty happy about where well, they, they are. They have the playoffs a, last year. Yeah, yeah, they have a good GM. Right. There, there's a lot of reason for hope. I think what we're saying is we're not saying, oh, we don't think you're a good team. It's more like we don't we don't sit around for years in this. You're halfway there. You're a wild card team that gets axed by right. a better team. You you've done two years of good progress. Be, take the next step. This is a great game on national television yeah. to change. We change our thoughts about these teams on recency bias. Every week, especially based on national TV games, change our opinion of yeah. you by Sunday night. And I'll t- I'll I'm not that angry, guys. Like I, I t- 
watched. <laughs> yeah, that, seemed, like, that seemed like you were pretty kind. I, you know what? I want them to become better. Like I, they're a fun team if they could be. I watched them yesterday. What, again, not blown away by the performance. And again, nice job by Mariota leading them on that last drive. DeMarco Murray made a play to get in the end zone there. Um, and congratulations on being pretty good. Okay. But are you actually it, 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 worth a damn? Are you? Are Because the Titans I have fans, doubts. I have doubts, too. The Titans fans that yeah, come at me, it's always about respect us as like a really good team. All right. So, yeah, it is. It's a prove-it game right now. And But I'm not ready to do it. And you know where I come down on this. I'm so not ready to look Uh-oh. at the Titans as a team that can go into no. Pittsburgh no. in a big spot what? on the road with the lights on oh, and, boy. and del- deliver a performance. Get out of here, Titans. I'm locking it up. Oh. <laughs> with the black and gold. Wow. I love it. And on that note, by the way, if we want to talk about Pittsburgh, you're the number one seed in the AFC right now. You want to be talked about as a, a true Super Bowl contender? You need to take this Titans team and beat them by 20 points at home. I feel and the like Steelers drop have to a run hammer. the ball better. I, I feel mean, like it's the second straight yeah. game they haven't been able to run the ball. They're averaging 2.9 yards per carry. Like that that was awful. They need to and the Titans are good against the run. So that's going to be tough. I uh I feel like this Dan Locke last week really shook him up that he locked the what was maybe the most one-sided game of the year up the wrong way that now he's showing kind of zero human courage. If if you're going to give me uh if you're going to give me zero human courage on the Titans That's Titan not a prideful I mean this is, they're like a they're like a touchdown plus underdog here. Who's thinking the Titans can win this game? A lot of people probably. I mean they're I'm just saying they're you got to get big, back on that win streak. I'm the, just saying they're the a Steelers, big they're a much bigger time underdog than the game you said I was showing zero human courage. This, so I'm just pointing that out. The Steelers that out. were down 17-3 <laughs> to the uh the, the Colts. Colts last week, right? But they're they're at home. They're one of the best teams in the league. No, you know, take your precious Titans, pick them this week. I would never pick them in this All right. game. I wouldn't there say you, you put yourself in, in a Joan of Arc scenario no, here, but it's uh, you know, you're gonna get back. I'm on just that saying you can't dish it out if you can't. You, you said zero human courage last week with <laughs> Titans Bengals. It's like that's a much closer matchup. It's too kind of well. This is my favorite thing. subplot of the podcast. In your mind, in your <laughs> right. mind. Well, in, in because your opinion, Greg, you're just gonna. But shock the point you. spread. Is not factual. But there, there's a way to – we actually did it last year. We would measure it. It had to be under a certain point. Right. This game would not be under that point. I don't even know what a point too much, is, by too the much way. Of you a keep bringing this they, up. Yeah, they don't, what they don't, is that? Don't I don't know what that is. I'm just saying. What? you think? You So you think I shouldn't be able to no, lock up? I'm saying then don't throw out the, the you know, let's get into zero. I thought you didn't care about this. Because I kind of feel I like just, you care about it a lot. I feel well, like I feel like everybody uh, kind of cares. Uh, yeah, about I just want right to cut this off and watch it on yeah. loop at my house all weekend. This Dan, is the best thing. Dan that's does ever not happened. like anyone ever coming at him the same way that he comes at people. It's like okay, this. I do like. Like of course the Steelers are. I guess I just game. respect people more that aren't in last place in this competition. Oh. So if it came from somebody else, maybe I would hear it. So. We're playing for next year. We're gonna get that draft pick. It's gonna change everything. I feel. Right. I really yeah, feel almost tested to do another lock off, but I think that that's. I got to keep my win streak. Are you gonna lock? Yeah. One game or two games this week, and then pick the team that won, Greg. One other note. <laughs> Dan's all fired up. This is amazing. I know. This is why. Oh, I, you take it. You well, want to You take now it. Now Dan has wild eyes. I'm fine. I'm fine. I know. I yeah, learned, where's, uh, where, I mean, where's the, you know, the, the shout out? I learned it early in knowing Dan. Don't ever, don't come at him. It's not really worth it. It's not really. All right. Well, that sounds it. like a coward as well. Yeah. Well, it's just not. It's Are not, you done talking yet? Let's go. Anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Finally. Do you have to go, by the way, Connie? I do. Yes. Oh, it's, no. that, it's that time of the week where I just leave in the middle mm. of the pod. Well, we did. And I have to unplug again. her computer. Here we go. Oh, hey, look at that team. The shoulders of greatness, by the way. Ew. Thursday Night Football preview. I think Head and Shoulders got a meaty uh, sponsored segment right oh, there. Oh, very meaty. Yeah. Very meaty. Um, we are uh, saying goodbye to Connie Fox. Goodbye, guys. You have a production meeting to get to. I do. You're actually going to be late for it. You I know, I know. All right, They're I very go. serious about it. schedule that meeting. Um, finally, before we go, we wanted to bring something back. The, um, you know, our listeners do such a nice job. They do uh, leave reviews for us. They leave the stars. And what we're going to do starting today is highlight one <laughs> listener who leaves a review. And uh, they are our iTunes Review of the month winner. What do you win? You know what you just did. Get mentioned on the show. You know how we used to do this all the time, and it got we got a little got a little bit too much for us. 
you just use my TNF theory here where you strip it down to it happens every once in a while and it becomes special again. Mm. Okay. I like that. I like that. It's special now. It's very good. Here we go. This is, I went through them, and there were a lot of good uh, entries, a lot of nice things said, some not-so-nice things said, but this one particular review from Angelino99 um, really got to me. Four stars out of five, and I want everyone to listen to it um, before, um, before making judgments. Don't be sensitive about it. Like Greg just got very sensitive in our last segment. I'm prone like, to don't, do that. Don't. I was the one that got sensitive in that last don't, segment. Don't just, get upset. I want the listeners to know that I was the one that got sensitive. Yeah. So, you know, Greg, keep it together. Dan took time. it all in great, great humor. Greg, again, <laughs> keep it together here. Um, what what we're going to hear is constructive criticism. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Here we go. I think Wes probably wrote this, but here we go. Angelino 99. Good con. Good podcast, but, but capitalized. Okay. Four stars out of five. So far, the best NFL podcast I've heard, but it's still somewhat frustrating. Some criticism intended to be constructive. One, a little too much cutesy banter, even though it's less than on other shows. <laughs> this show won't help. <laughs> this fit, That's fair. <laughs> Please just Thank talk God. more about the game. There's more than enough content there. Bullet points up front are preferred, then a little conversation. Are you writing bullet points? Wait, how do we? I have no idea. Two oral bullet points. Use the team names more. Please use fewer pronouns. Mark, pay attention to this. Like them and they. Personally, I don't remember every player's name in the league. This should be easy to do without dumbing the analysis down for the geeks out there, and we'll bring in more listeners. Example: They should have played so and so more often. Who are they? This point actually may be higher on my list than number one above. Could easily edit his copy here, but... Yeah, I think um, pronouns are always used after you mention the name first. We've set the table. I would say listen a little closer. Use of pronouns actually makes it hard to follow the conversation. All caps now. Use team names. Three, sum up the analysis at the end of each section. Are we encouraging this guy by making him the special guy of the month? About a particular matchup. I had to listen to one matchup three times, and I still don't know ultimately who the speakers think is going to win. Yes, someone will, quote, lock it up sometimes, but sometimes just the opposite will happen. That was the start and finish of the the review. Mm. I mean. That's the review of the week. I'll echo what Greg said. It's it's, Decade. yeah, I mean, we the pronoun comes after we've set the table, typically with the team name. Uh, I we will. Not, we would never say like they are winning a lot without having mentioned that the Panthers are the team that we're talking. I may go pronoun heavy just to ir- agitate uh, Angelo ninety nine at this point. He is a problem. All right, that's it. Uh, let's do one more read here. Hey, Husky Tools. They say in life there are no guarantees. They say there's no sure thing. Well, I'm here to tell you, there might just be one exception. Mm. In 1924, Husky started making things for people who make things, and they did it with common sense. That meant adding function, never frills, and making tools that stood the tests of time. 93 years later, Husky is still making quality, crafted, durable tools. And Husky stands by their hand tools for life, so they gave them a lifetime warranty. That's pretty good, actually. That's solid. That's solid. A lifetime warranty. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, like the hus- like the Husky Ratchet with its 100 position ratcheting design and a 10 percent longer handle than standard ratchets to do what other ratchets can't, or the virtually unbreakable Husky Flashlight with the ability to withstand a 30 foot drop. 30 feet. You throw it out the window. It's would- for fun. Here's the thing: if you're holding the flashlight, here's the bad news: if you're holding the flashlight and you fall 30 feet, the flashlight lives. You probably will not. Well, you weren't made by Husky. That's your fault. But a loved one will get that flashlight, so that's good. And don't forget, it can work up to one meter of water submersion. Both guaranteed for a lifetime, but built so you won't need it. Now, that's a pretty short thing to Husky. That's common sense. Learn more at huskytools.com. Husky, common sense tools since 1924 with hand tools guaranteed for a lifetime found only at the Home Depot. Quick factoid, Husky created in 1924. The Giants created in 1925 right out of the gate with three straight winning seasons. So, wow. you know, again, again, even if you're a 100-year-old wow. Giant still, fan, still settle down. Are the Giants. 
That was fired up. You were fired up there. I see that could have been a Dean scream moment. <laughs> she well, they don't want. Okay, well, you just went and did it. Right. It's a thing now where we just do it for Mark. Just yeah. Okay. Actually, don't use the word we. That's a pronoun. <laughs> My bad. A lot of a lot of material to uh, go back and reassess them the show. Uh, we will be back on Thursday night. We will recap that TNF uh, matchup uh, and then preview all of the week 11 games. You know how we do it around here. Thanks to mm. everyone for listening. Uh, so let's go. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm. Connie Fox in absentia. The old boss and Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Christian Anderson's there too. Hi, buddy. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.